Hello everyone, welcome to the PR Not BS podcast with me Fiona Scott. I hope you're having a great day today and I hope you do enjoy today's podcast. I'm joined by the wondrous and the lovely Chris Roberts MBE, although as I sometimes tease her, mump, Chris Roberts mmb. Um, <laughs> Chris and I met in uh, 2020, we'd never met before, even though we don't actually live that far from each other, when uh, we kind of stumbled across each other uh, doing a voluntary project that Chris and I and three other business um, owners did to help young people who were missing out on their GCSEs and A-levels uh, during the first lockdown. And we've become firm friends and we've worked together since that uh, time. And um, I've spent quite a lot of time uh, trying to impress upon Chris that she is a journalist and um, with many years experience. So Chris, please introduce yourself in your own words. Thank you, Fiona. Um, I am the wondrous and lovely Chris Roberts, um, freelance journalist. And that has been so difficult to get my teeth round, my tongue round, that um, it's still not coming naturally. But yes, freelance journalist. So Chris, um tell me why has that not come naturally to you when you have been writing in your community in Gloucestershire for many years I'm I'm not quite sure I think it's because um when I was leaving school and thinking about my career options and I said I wanted to be a journalist my I was 16 at the time my mother said no she said get a proper job and be a secretary so I I think probably have had in the back of my mind that being a journalist is not bona fide, isn't a proper job. Um, And also, I haven't got any training as such. I haven't taken any qualifications. Um, And although I write and I write a lot, I think of myself first and foremost as a writer and a storyteller, as opposed to a journalist. That sounds too posh for me, but I'm, I'm learning to cope with it. Because to me, being a writer and a storyteller is being a journalist. I think yes. the only difference between you and I really is that I I do have a paper qualification in journalism and I understand the law. But at the end of the day, I think you now know, Chris, we just do the same thing based in a slightly different area. Yes, exactly. And we, we discovered that when we were in lockdown doing the Cotswold Challenge with, with three other people um, and you covered the Swindon area and I covered um, the Cotswolds. Chris, just run through for listeners that could be anywhere in the world, the area where you live and your patch, if you like. Describe it in your words. Oh, um, well, I haven't always lived around here, but a good part of my life um, has been living in the Cotswolds. I was actually born in Worcester, which isn't that far away from the Cotswolds. and I did what my mother told me, and I became a well shorthand typist, secretary, PA, and that was through all my life and during the time that I had children and I did part-time work then. And then I think it was in the year 2000, I saw the local paper asking for someone to write up information about what was going on in my area, um, jumble sales, um, 
car boot sales, things like that. And I thought, oh, I'll do that. And as I was the only one that put my name forward, they gave me the job. And from that, um, it's grown. And I, and I write for quite a few different outlets now. Let's talk PR then, Chris. Um, do you ever have any contact with PR people like me? Because I have two hats, the journalist hat and the PR hat. And um, how important are they to you in all the writing that you do? I, I feel pretty much on my own to some extent because a lot of what I do is for the community um, as opposed to other businesses, although that is growing. Um, so I still don't look at PR as, as my forte. Public relations, okay, I don't know how you describe it, but getting people's name out there. Um, no, I don't. In answer to your question, I haven't got any links with any PR people, really. Do, um, do PR people send you information about anything that's going on in the Cotswolds or uh, the Fairford area that you then pick up on and think that's interesting or find out more about? Does that kind of thing happen? I seem to be getting an awful lot from London and Manchester at the moment and people saying, can you use this? And I'm thinking, well, no, it's not in my area. I do have one contact that is always sending me stuff and it's interesting stuff and pertinent to this area. Um, but he also has the same contacts that I have. So if I can, I use it, but he's usually covered all the bases anyway. So what I'm taking from that then, Chris, is a, as a writer in a sort of fairly defined community, the Cotswolds, the Fairford area that you cover, you want to be hearing about news that's relevant to that area? Um, I did originally, but my brief has extended because having started up my own PR business, if you like, um, in October last, no, not last year, 2020, gosh, is it over a year? I didn't realise that. Um, then I, I started doing some networking to get my name out there. And as a result of that, I've had quite a few of my own clients and they stretch from Kent to Wells to Bristol to Cardiff. So it's not just this area. It's quite interesting then, though, Chris, that you had this mindset of being a little local writer, but actually when you just put your foot on the gas just a tiny bit, just a tiny <laughs> bit, people are coming from different areas because they see your value. Well, I, I hope so. And, and a couple of, well, yeah, a couple of these links uh, with other people have been through word of mouth and recommendations. So I that really pleases me when... I mean, you taught me the value of testimonials and it's great when somebody praises you for what you do. It does add that little bit of extra confidence that I think all of us need. I read something the other day about a well-known writer who is always searching for doing the right script for his television programmes because when he writes it, he's not confident that what he's written is right and he he lacks 
confidence in himself and he's a well-known scriptwriter. I do think it's about understanding that people like you and I, we have a skill. It's quite hard to define our skill or to put a cost on our skill until you are in the modern world of business where you need to write stories about your business. And if you can't write, then there are people like us who can support you. Exactly. And again, I I have to thank you, Fiona, for pointing this out because I remember being at a training session that you were giving about getting PR out there and how to write a story. And um, the little group that I was in, I was really surprised to find that they hadn't got a clue how to write a story. And whereas, this sounds like I'm showing off a bit, but I'd look at, look at the, the, the words and think, right, you need to pull that bit out, you need to pull this bit out and use those as, as the hook for the story. Whereas the others in my little working group didn't really know how to do that. And that really surprised me. It was an eye-opener. I know. Being a wordsmith is a skill. And I think at school we don't teach this. I had a similar experience, by the way, with my mum who said similar things to me. When um, I told her I wanted to be a journalist, I would have been about 13 or 14. And her words to me were, you're far too sensitive. You'll never cope in that environment. Um, do something proper, like be a teacher. So I did. <laughs> I trained to be a teacher. Very similar. Trained to be a teacher. Absolutely hated it. Hated so it. So was that a red rag to a ball for you? Yeah, well, well, during that year of training to be a teacher, that postgrad year, I thought, there must be a job that isn't as horrific as this. So um, the pain of the thought of a lifetime of being a teacher um, pushed me to look for those jobs and to ignore what my mum said. But it just shows you how influential your parents can be. Yes. Because you won't mind me saying, Chris, you are a slightly more mature lady, aren't you? Um, just slightly, yes. <laughs> I've just had a birthday. But Chris, tell me um, some stories in the last sort of... Uh, three or six months that come to mind that you've really enjoyed writing, that have really, um, you know, touched you or just gave you joy to write? Oh, goodness. Um, you've put me on the spot there. I'm thinking about a young lady. She's 13, four, 14 now. She's just had a birthday. Who is our, what I call our eco-warrior. And she goes out litter picking all the time. And I always find her extremely inspirational. And I love writing stories about her. And I even managed to um, get Prince Charles to meet her one, one day. And she was not tongue-tied because she, does, she can't speak for herself. But you could see she was in awe of the moment. And that, that was a really lovely time to be able to write that she'd been recognized by Prince Charles and she was there in front of him holding her bag of rubbish and and talking to him and saying this is what I've collected today so that that was that was a really nice inspirational story I can't let that go then Chris so okay how does Chris who lives in the Cotswolds get someone in front of Prince Charles you're gonna have to tell us how you how that came about I, I could say, oh, I know him personally. I get him. No, but it's not true. Um, he was coming to Fairford Church. He's a, a patron of all churches, I think it is, or 
churches in the countryside. I can't remember what it's called now. And he was coming to um, the church and we were arranging for like the guides, the scouts, um, other people to line the route up to, up to the door of the church. And I, I said to this, this little girl, I said, stand by me. I said, and I'll push you in front of Prince Charles. And I happened to know his um, equerry. I'd met him before and I went up to him and I said, do you think um, Prince Charles would meet this, this little girl? And, and speak to her and he had a word so on his walk up the line of people up to the door of the church he stopped by the little girl and started talking to her so that was it it was it was on the spot not pre-arranged as such but more or less instant but you kind of knew the right person to talk to at the right time to give her the mm. best chance didn't you how yes. many people would actually do that in an event like that I don't, I don't know. Um, no, probably not many. They, uh, I did, I did have the pleasure of meeting this gentleman on a couple of occasions before, so I knew who he was. So yes, I, I had a, a head start on that. So Chris, tell me, we're going to move on to how do you get yourself out there? What PR tactics do you use so that people know who Chris Roberts MBE is? Um. I do try to put my name to most things that are going out. And in fact, and I felt very uneasy about it last week, I actually put a story about myself in the local paper, whereas it's usually stories about other people. Um, and the awful thing was that I sent this nice picture of me sat in front of my computer and they blew it up. So it was just my eyes, my nose and my mouth. I mean, you could almost see the hairs up my nose in this picture. And I thought, oh, my goodness me. So I was out there last week. Um, but over the years living in this area, I've been involved with lots of things, um, lots of community things. And it's not just um, journalism. Um, I've been on the town council. I was mayor of Fairford for two years, so a lot of people knew who I was then because I was always going to cut the tape and the ribbon and what have you and speak at different events. Um, and then I was a district councillor, so for four years I'd taken a step up and people knew me then. Um, and then I got my MBE, so a lot of people knew me for that. And it's just having lived so long and in this part, and live so long in this part of the country as well that people know me. So, to kind of summarise from that, you do your own PR media relations. You um, you take on roles that make you quite visible in your community, or you have done over a period of time, and you're known for that. You're a great organiser of events, and I happen to know that because you organised me coming along to train previously. Um, and you also blog and tell stories on your own website. You've got your own blog site. Tell us about that. Um, well, that was what I was going to do initially in 2020, at the, end, at the end of 2020, after a year of being locked down. And um, I stepped down from the business club that I had founded in 2006. And so I had some time on my hands and I thought, 
I enjoy writing, I'm going to start writing blogs. And how hard can that be? And it is hard. And, and I realised after a while that you can't, I couldn't just do blogs on their own. Um, you need something else with it. So I had to link that with my journalism, my PR, my marketing. Um, and so over time, over this last year, the blogs have actually taken a second place uh, because I'm too busy writing at the moment, writing other things. Um, but it's still there, and, I de and I'm determined to carry on with doing blogs, but it's, it's not as prolific or as um, successful, shall I say, as I thought it would be. I do think these things take time, but as you say, outcomes have come from that. We, um, In another podcast episode, I've spoken to a blogger who blogs in the sort of gluten-free um, dairy-free space. She has Crohn's disease. And she talked about the blog being the catalyst to other things that pay her rather than, because people can arrive there and see, one, what your expertise is, um, two, what your tone of voice is, and three, what your style of writing is. So it acts really as the, I suppose, really the spider at the centre of the web online for you. I mean, is that how you see it, Chris? I, I think you've described that very well because when I said that um, initially I was just going to do blogs, but then I found that I needed to do something else with it. So, yes, a blog is a catalyst. And one of my blogs um, I actually expanded on and used recently um, as a chapter of a book, which was accepted, and the book has now been published, Successful Women in Business. So things come from the blogs people get to know that you write they either like or they don't like your style of writing or what you write about so there are a lot of niche markets and it was very difficult for me to find what my niche was because it seemed so varied um, businesses events people celebrities and royalty in the Cotswolds places to go in the Cotswolds it was very difficult to, to find what I was good at. I was more a jack of all trades, if you like. I think that's uh, what a community journalist is, though. You are interested in your community, which is diverse and lots of different things going on, Chris. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I made my little strap line that my daughter absolutely hates, and that is I poke my nose into other people's business and then I make up stories about them. Now, I, I like that, but she doesn't. She keeps saying, oh, mum, don't use that anymore. I think it's up to you what you use, don't you? Yeah. I think it is your business. But, it's a uh, Marmite strap line. Yeah. So when you um, deal with businesses and business owners, what businesses interest you? Is it product or is it something else? Oh, there are so many and they are, uh, it sounds like a, a get out remark they are all interesting each business and business owner have their own stories to tell and as as you know Fiona some people don't know they've got a story they're, they're sat on it and they just think it's ordinary but um I mean I, I write for a, a magazine in in Farringdon and I do the business page and I do a couple of editorials for businesses and it's so diverse. I mean, there's electricians, there's 
um, dog beauty parlours, there's florists, there's all sorts. And the dog parlours are going to get busy with people going on holiday. So they've all got something to say. Yeah, I am always staggered by how the people who run businesses don't think that they've got stories within their business. They tend to focus on what they're selling, their product or their service, rather than the people or the quirky stuff in their business, which we're all horribly nosy about, if we're honest. Yes, we are. Um, We always want to know what's going on behind closed doors. And a lot of these businesses keep not personal stuff, but relevant stuff behind closed doors and don't think anyone would be interested in reading about it, but they are. Right. Chris, thank you very much for your time today. Tell our listeners how they can find you. If someone's interested in finding out a bit more about Chris Roberts MBE, where do they find you? Right. I'm on all the social media under Chris Roberts MBE and I've got my website, chrisrobertsmbe.co.uk. So it's very easy. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. I hope our listeners have found our little chat interesting. I look forward to working and collaborating with you now and throughout 2022 and beyond. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to find out where you can find Fiona Scott, I'm at scottmedia.uk, or you can find me on Twitter at the Fiona Scott, or you can apply to join my Facebook group, which is called Fiona Scott's PR Tribe. Thank you for listening and join us again soon. Oh, I need to come to you now.